Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. There's only one church on the planet that will break out, shout to the Lord. That's right, because we don't care if it's good, it's good. That song was put out before my son was born. He's 22. Darlene Check, back in the original days of Hillsong, is when that song came out. It works every time. There wasn't, there wasn't a hand in this place not raised that I could see, and I was spying on all of you. I wanted to see, because I've been advocating that. Aaron's the first worship leader that would do it. Nobody else would do it but Aaron. So I'm like, I tried for years. I'm like, you break that song out, it'll work. How great thou art, it'll always work. <laughs> Just sing them. Why not sing them? Well, we want to do something new. Why? I mean, I love new songs too, but if, if it works, it works. You break out how great thou art, there won't be a dry eye in the place. It's that way every time. Subtitle of this message today is, This is Serious Business. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 is where we're going to start. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Tom, do things always have to be serious? Yes. You might wonder, is Tom a serious person all the time? No. But I take Christianity very seriously. I take the times that we are living in extraordinarily seriously. Don't let petty things get in your way. You need to be looking at these times. This is serious business that we're in right now. Absolutely serious business. Now, God wants us to grow, and it's not an option. I'm going to say that again because I got one person, that's Bill on the front row, just said, yeah, to that. That's all I got. God wants us to grow, and that's not an option. There you go. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. The more amening you do, the shorter I preach. Because I think that I made the impact so I can let it go. If you look dead and dry, I'm just going to keep on preaching until I feel like you're watered. <laughs> Hebrews 5, 12 through 14 says this, warning against falling away. Whoops. Whoops to all the Calvinists. Warning against falling away. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Did everybody hear that last line? Who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. This is what has happened to the modern church. They didn't know how to distinguish good from evil. They see Dr. Fauci walking through the door. They think it's a saint. They didn't know how to distinguish it because they weren't in constant use. They were living on infantile milk, church fans and Cardboard cutouts that you read when you come to the church says, we believe in miracles that never happen. You know those churches. They're called ark churches. They all look exactly the same. Pastor's got super tight jeans on with the hole right over his left knee. Maybe a couple gold chains. Everybody stands outside with a false smile on their face. Hi, welcome. Better together. Out in the parking, they all there. I'm telling you, they're all the same. You can go to 50 of them right now. We could go on a tour. We'd go on a bus tour right now together and drive all over the place. They look exactly the same. All those churches closed, by the way, without hesitation. Most of them didn't even reopen until somewhere around October, November. So they were closed March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Closed completely. And all the, none, not one pastor, I have not seen one pastor come out yet who said they were wrong. Not one. That's why it says warning against falling away. And you know, a lot of these churches are half, 25% of what they were. Because once you train people that they don't need to go to church, you've trained them. They may never come back. All for what? 
For what exactly? It's not an option. This is a growth or fall away. Warning against falling away is what it says here. Let me tell you about this. This is my own personal philosophy part of this, so you can throw it away if you want. But I'll back it up with scripture. See, what happens with a lot of people is, is when you get saved and you, the spirit of God is dwelling on the inside of you, something happens. You then have an innate need to grow. Do you know that? Because the spirit, this is what James chapter one, verse five says, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. So when you get saved, you, on the inside of you, you have an innate desire to grow. You can't help it. You can't help it. The Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. You know that on the inside of you because the spirit is witnessing that to you every day. It's like I've told you before, people think the New Testament is easier than the Old. It's not. The Old Testament was dating God. The New Testament is being married to God. Those are two very different things. So you have the Spirit on the... Before, you couldn't sense the Spirit's presence in the Old Testament the way you can now. They had to send you into the Holy of Holies with a rope around your waist in case case the Holy Spirit killed you because you weren't holy enough. Holy Spirit kill people? Yeah. Do you read the Bible or don't you? Well, I wouldn't serve a God like that. Well, that's why you need to go worship Muhammad then. You're welcome. But you have that on the inside of you. And what happens is this. God tells you how to grow. The Spirit will tell you, your steps are ordered. Are they not? Psalm 37, 23. Your steps are ordered. So the Holy Spirit says, here you go. And we see what Christians do all the time is they pray in vastness. Lord, what beeth thy will for me? Don't pray that prayer. Tom, isn't that antithetical to Matthew 6, 9 through 13? No. It's not the prayer. Thy will be done is not the prayer. It's thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God will tell you your next step. It will open and you won't like it. Nine times out of 10, you won't like it. If you're weird, he's going to tell you to stop being weird. And the weird don't like being told to stop being weird. The selfish don't like to be told to stop being selfish. The moody don't like to be told to stop being moody. You're not going to like it. You might as well accept it. There There are exceptions to that rule, but probably not. He, they might, the Holy Spirit might tell you, here's step one for you as a Christian. Be nice to your wife. Step one, well, that's not leading a Bible study. You're not ready to lead a Bible study. You're still sucking on the teat of spiritual milk. I said teat for the record. <laughs> T-E-E-T. It's for the record. Don't want anybody sending me messages. Whatever, however you spell it. That's, what you, that's the first thing you need to change is correcting people's spelling. <laughs> Be ready. I don't even know who said it, but that's the first thing you need to change. Oops. <laughs> if you feel the innate need to correct people's spelling and grammar, knock it off. It's not, an attractive, it's not an attractive trait. Either is cheapness, by the way. If you're cheap and you call it frugal, no, you're just cheap. Just know that. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that God gives you your next step. He tells you what it is. He says, go to this next step. It may not be the most spiritual thing you've ever heard in your life. You may not like it, and you probably will not like it. So what happens is God tells the person, here is your next step because they are ordered, and they will not change. You can try to change them all you want, but what Christians do is they go, I'm not comfortable with that. They'll walk into a church like this, and they receive correction, I'm not comfortable with that. Let me go back to the church that I'm sedated at. I can go to a church, I'm nice and sedated, nobody ever changed. I can be the moody, old, weird cuss that I am for the rest of my life, and nobody will say a word as long as I'm paying my tithe. 
plenty of churches to accommodate you. That is not where you need to be. You need to be where the Spirit brings you correction. And you need to be all right with it. The Spirit corrects me all the time. A lot of times the Spirit corrects me when I'm trying to be mad at people. And the Holy Spirit says to me, well, what about you? What about you? What about this when you did that? And I'm like, well, that's a good point, God. I guess I'll stop being pouty now. But what happens is, is the Holy Spirit gives us the next step to take. And the, and, the, and the Christian goes, that doesn't make me comfortable. So the Christian, remember, they have an, inny, an innate calling to change now. They feel it on the inside. They want to grow. But the option that God gives them is not what they want. So they pick their own because every person is a worshiper. Understand this, every person on planet earth is designed to worship and they will find something or somebody to worship. Most, most people right now are worshiping the, the fact, the illusion that they are part of staving off a global plague. Look at us, look at our virtue. We wear masks around, we've locked our businesses. The country's bankrupt, but it doesn't matter because we are staving off the plague of our lives. A flu bug with a 0.1 post-infection death rate. But that's what they do. So what happens is the Christian who has that innate need, calling to grow, chooses their own. Instead of the Holy Spirits, they choose their own. A lot of you are conflicted right now at this very moment. The Holy Spirit's telling you what to do, but that's not comfortable for you. A lot of people are, are being told by the Holy Spirit, you know what? Show up for church every Sunday. Well, that's religious. Uh, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Uh, you got good excuse making. You need to start correcting people's grammar too and jump in line with that. <laughs> I'm just making fun of whoever did it. I don't even know who did it. I honestly could care less. But see, when you give me ammo, I'm jumping on you. Just know you know, it's fun. <laughs> not for, it's not personal, it's just fun. If you live with me, you know, if you live with me, this is how my family lives. And I live with it too. Don't think that I'm not victimized in my own house. Believe me, I am. <laughs> Post-traumatic stress disorder, that's what you're seeing up here. But what happens is Christians choose their own option because the Holy Spirit's option, it can't help it, they want to grow. So what are some of the options that they pick? They choose to be the tone police. Well, you know, a woman sent this to me right at the beginning of COVID. She said, you know, I don't really agree with the tone that, the church, that some of the church people on Facebook have. And I'm like, first of all, how do you read tone on Facebook? Can you really read it? This is why, like, you know, if people that I talk to a lot, like Aaron, I call them. Because I don't want Aaron to think that I'm yelling at him on text when I'm not. If I want to yell at him, I'll just yell at him, which I never do. But I'm just saying, if I want to, I'll just do it. But I, say, I call him so he knows it's, that's not my tone. So she's judging tone, which is wrong anyway. So she says, I don't really agree with the tone of some of the people. Because everybody was anti-COVID and we're staying open. If you don't like it, Tough. Didn't like the tone. She said, I, and I said, okay. Well, we went back and forth on Messenger. But it, was, it had nothing to do with tone. It said she didn't agree with staying open and found tone as an excuse. That's what Christians do. You need to say out loud where you really are. I want to close because I'm a capitulating coward. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Just say it. I'm scared of a virus. I'm going to teach my kids to be scared of the virus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quarantined. I'm going to be quarantined Christian. That's who I am. That's what I want to do. Don't lie. See, the Holy Spirit, if she was listening to the Holy Spirit, she would have been speaking the word. The word never came out of her mouth, not one time. It had to do with tone of Christians. She, she, she thinks she's growing. I know this person. She thinks she's growing because she's becoming kinder. You sure that's the route you're supposed to go? You're now the tone police and lying about it? Yeah. 
Well, I really, and it's not that I disagree with everybody. It's just how they say you, you lived exactly the opposite. You left the church. You went home and quarantined for weeks. So obviously, you did not agree with what people were saying. People think that they're growing in kindness. We're going to overlook sin. Are you sure that's growing? You have that innate need to grow. And God's telling you the step, but you're saying, no, thank you. Instead, I'm going to be kinder. You sure that's what God wants? You're like, Tom, aren't we supposed to be kind? Yeah. In compliance to the word of God, though. Kindness is the word of God. Overlooking sin is not kindness. That's, that's very much like a parent who says, you know what, I'm just too kind to spank my child. There's a lot, listen, that, that's 80, 70, 80% of the Christian parents I've seen are too kind to spank their own kids. They're so cute. Yeah, they're adorable. I see all your babies at the door. They're, they're adorable, seriously. That's mine. They're adorable. But they're not going to always be adorable, and you're going to have to correct them. And you don't hearken back to, they're so cute, I can't touch them. The Word of God says, you spare the rod, you hate your child. What does that mean? Hate your child. It means hate your child. How do you know whether you hate something or not? By what you do or don't do. Not by how you feel. You spare the rod, you hate that kid. I don't feel hatred. You do, though. You're choosing your own path because God's path is uncomfortable for you because your child's going to be mad at you for a couple minutes. They'll get over it. Believe me, I know. I spanked mine for years. They get over it every single time. But the Holy Spirit gives you the next step. Will you take it? Most Christians, it's a no-go. It's a no-go. They have an innate need to grow. And it's calling out to them, and they choose the growth. I'm going to be the tone police. I'm going to overlook sin. I'm going to avoid the truth. I'm going to avoid confrontation. You sure that's God's way? Is that certainly wasn't Jesus's. From last week, why was Peter called Satan? Nobody listens to me preach. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. Why was Peter called Satan? You need to know. We only quote verses and we don't know what, they, what the context is. Get behind me, Satan. Why would, why would Jesus say that to one of his closest friends? That'd be like me saying that to Aaron. Hey, get behind me, Satan. There'd have to be a reason why I would say that to him. Why, would I, why did Jesus say it? Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. What happened to my mic? We still... It's going on and off, isn't it? Okay. That's why he called him that. Because he was mindful of the things of men instead of God. That's it. Proverbs 23, 5, will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. A lot of people in here are saying, that's not me. I'm not rich. If you live in America, you're rich. And most Christians, that's a fact, by the way, there's not a person in this room that is not rich in comparison to 99% of the rest of the world. You are filthy, rotten rich. We, that's why we have to be very careful that we are able to enter heaven through the eye of the needle. We are rich. That's, this is, this, that's why if you, if you go, if you're Rodney Howard Brown and you set up a revival in Zimbabwe, there's 500,000 people there. They have nothing else. We can do a myriad of things. There's lots of foundation church people today that are out on the boat. Well, we, already, well, we went through Easter, so time to take a week off. God didn't tell you that. So will you set your eyes on that which really doesn't even exist? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. If you're after relaxation, you're after riches. If you're after the next vacation, you're after riches. If you're after retirement, you're after riches. And they're not real. There's not one of them that's real. Your mind is fixed on the things of men and not the things of God. 
2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Colossians 3.2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Let's go down into deep theology on that. What does that mean? Set your affection on, on things above, not on things on the earth. If your affection is on anything that is on the earth, in other words, priority one, is something that is here that you can see, you're out of the will of God. You're missing it. That's why there's no miracles. That's why there's no salvation. That's why there's no peace. Is your affection, your priority is on your children, on your spouse, on your job, whatever it may be, on yourself. Your affection, if you can see it, I can see me. So my affection could be set on what I see and it be on myself. Your affection has to be on God, number one, period. Matthew 6, 19 and 20, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart will follow your actions. Not your actions following your heart. It's the other way around. Commit thy works unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. You set your mind and you set your heart by what you do, not the other way around. Christians are always trying to do that. They're always trying to do it. Doesn't work that way. What happens to those who don't grow? What happens to them? It's found in Luke chapter 8, verses 11 through 14. For those of you that are confused about what I'm reading, it's the Bible. Christians don't know much about the Bible anymore. We probably the exception preaching to the choir in this room. There's the people that are watching right now. There's no Bible verses, and they use half of a Bible verse for the entire message. A message that was written five or six years ago and adapted in various forms. And it's sitting online and pastors regurgitated over and over again. They never get a fresh wellspring from the Holy Spirit going ever. I never do that. I pray over every message and I receive them from the Holy Spirit for you and for me. These are just as much for me as they are for you, even though you're having to be the recipient of me yelling at you. I'm yelling at me too. I can hear me through the speakers. Luke 8, 11 through 14. What happens to those who don't grow? Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are those who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Right after that, in verse 15, are those that fell on the good ground. Who hear the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. But here's the thing, three out of the four are bad. That's the Bible, folks. It's not being negative. This is what has to be preached. Most people who receive the seed, remember what Jesus said, the seed is the word of God. Three out of four people that hear it don't make it the way they should. Two out of the four don't make it at all. The devil comes and takes it away. Or when the time of testing comes, they fall away. Sorry, Calvinists, you've been wrong since John Calvin. That's what happens when people don't grow. Time of testing comes, they're not ready. All the church is closed. They're still not open. All around the planet, they're closed. They're closed. Few rebels out there, but most everybody is closed. Three out of the four scenarios in the parable of the sower are bad. Have you ever read Revelation chapter two and three? The seven churches. Five out of the seven are bad. It's exactly the same statistic as three out of the four. Five out of the seven, about only Smyrna and Philadelphia are good out of the seven. Ephesus, Pergamos, Sardis, Thyatira, and Laodicea are not good. 
That, that's speaking to churches past, present, and in the future. But now before I say another word, I want to say this to you once again. This is serious business. Serious business. Let's look at these five churches. Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, Ephesus, the loveless church. Nevertheless, Jesus says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. That doesn't get read in the ark churches. No, it does not. That's why they closed for nine months. That's why a lot of people in our churches will take the mark of the beast. I know some people are pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, 75% trib, 94% trib. I don't care what you are. I read the book of Revelation. I can tell you that Christians will have the option to take the mark of the beast. I know lots of people think that, listen, people that I admire think that everyone's going to be swept away before that. That's not what I read. And I believe what I read. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. I believe what I read. And I can tell you that Christians will have the opportunity to take the mark of the beast and most will take it. Why? Because they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. And when God told them, here's, next, here's your next step, nope. A lot of people's next step is go get a job. But if any provide not for his own, he's worse than an infidel. First, Peter, First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Whatever it may be, it may not be what you want to hear. Like, I want you to go to a seven-week Christian uh, conference. Chris Tomlin, day one. Brian Houston, day two. Beth Moore all week. I'm off my name fast. <laughs> Revelation 2:15 and 16, Pergamus, the compromising church. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. What was that? Don't be destroyed for lack of knowledge, Christians. How many people have been saved? I know you're gonna scared to answer me now. Listen, I'm a pastor, I have to bring correction to you. How many of you have been saved for more than 10 years? Shout amen. Yeah. You should know what that is then. Most Christians who are saved for 10 years don't have 10 Bible verses memorized. You can't memorize one Bible verse every 365 days. Really? Stealing from Billy Graham. Most Christians, if they were arrested for Christianity, would not have enough evidence to convict. I put the most on there. He didn't say that. Of course, I had to make it worse than it was. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans was promiscuity, allowing sexual sin inside the church. If you don't preach at your altar call that you have to turn from sin, that's you. Uh, we're having a, new, a fresh start and a new beginning. We had all kinds of new beginnings on Easter Sunday morning. What on earth does that mean? What are they, what are they beginning anew with Exactly. Is you tell them that they have to move out from their girlfriend? They have to turn from their sin? Did you tell them that? Certainly, the ark churches that I know certainly don't. It's all ark. Well, listen, when I say ark, I mean them all in general. The ones that call themselves that and those that don't. It's funny, Assembly of God churches that are ark churches now. They preach the same thing. They got the cardboard cutouts too. They just wear suits and ties. You're no different. You're afraid to tell people what's true. You don't move out from your girlfriend, you're going to die and go straight to hell. Facts. It's the truth. Why would you want not want to know? Why would you want to hold that back? Tell them the truth. You don't stop lying, you're going to go straight to hell. You don't turn from your sin, you're going to go straight to hell. Jesus is holding this against them. He says, verse 16, repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. You ever think that's why a lot of them are closed right now? 
Well, we're going to, you know, we're going to open, we're going to do Zoom because it doesn't matter how you get together as long as you are, you know, together virtually or together. And a lot of these pastors are going to be crushed in 2021 because their churches were 1,000 are now going to be 150. Revelation 20, Revelation chapter 2, 20 through 23, Thyra, Tyra, the corrupt church. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit. What are the number one and number two things that steals Christians from Foundation Church? It's not our churches. They all go there and run and hide from me in their art churches. Can't take Tom anymore. <laughs> Let's go to new whatever. Hyper whatever. What causes most Christians to leave this church? It's two things. That's too vague. I love you. It's just too vague. There's two things. And I don't know what order. Number one, a relationship comes along. Or a relationship in general. I have more women steal their husbands out of this church. Because they don't want to hear. Women don't want to hear. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. I preach that. You don't like it? Don't know what to tell you. Take it up with Jesus. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with Jesus because it's his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. The word is Jesus. You don't like it? I see it all the time. There, are, there is a segment of women that hate my guts. And I'm like, why? You don't even know me. You know, I mean, most women, that even, even these women, they know my wife. I don't order her around. We're not a complementarian marriage. That was made up in art churches and stupid books written by Christians. Well, you don't really have to submit to your to your husband, it's a complimentary relationship. I compliment him and he compliments me and we somehow have an amalgam of some sort of disaster that we call a marriage. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. I don't order my wife around, how it works is this. If we come to an impasse and there is no agreement, the decision's mine. No, right. oh, how, how sexist of you. Take it up with Jesus. I'm not, listen, God is not a respecter of persons, Romans 2.11. He's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't elevate the male species above the female. He says, here's what you are called to be and what you are called to do. Period. Take up the mantle. There's no question in my home who's in charge. None. If you want to poke it, I'll growl. If you don't, then I don't. And nobody does. They've already learned a long time ago. So number, number one, I, again, I don't know the order, is relationships. If I see a young person or any person, doesn't have to be young, somebody gets saved here, I'm like, I want, if it's a guy, when's the girl coming? If it's a girl, when's the guy coming? I know the devil's going to send them a relationship every single time. Here they come. They don't talk, and I know the two, a lot, of, a lot of them are very covert. They don't come and ask me a question at all. I just see on Facebook, in a relationship. I'm like, oh my Lord. <laughs> They're gone. You, if, you, if you don't bring them up and introduce them to me, right. Right. I, we've gotten a little big now, so you may not have that kind of access that you used to have, so I'll go back to when we were 200 or less. Plenty of access to me. And I know you personally, and you never come up and introduce your boyfriend to me? What are you afraid of? Bring him here. You don't even come talk to me about it? We've known each other for a decade? You don't say a word? And then suddenly they disappear. Because they're in sexual immorality. You know, Tom, do you look down? I don't look down on anybody who's in sexual immorality. I don't have the right to because I've been sexually immoral. I don't go, oh, I'm disgusted by your sexual immorality. I'm not. I'm just telling you, if you don't repent, it's not a matter of whether I'm disgusted or not. If you don't repent, you're not going to heaven. 
So relationships is one. And again, there's no order. And offense is two. Offended by what? You ever thought about what you're offended by? You wouldn't quit your job over it, but you leave your church over, which your church is more important than your job. Offended over what? Somebody said that I didn't do a good job and uh, my feelings are hurt. Did you do a good job? Did you? I see it all the time in this church. This is a type A church. I am a type A person. If it's not perfect, it's going to be fixed. Period. You don't like it? I don't know what to tell you. If you want to know whether it's perfect or not, go ask Heather. Is this perfect according to the terms of this church? Is this church ever dirty? Look at me. Is it ever dirty? Is it ever out of order? Do you want to know what our offering was last week? I'll tell you. I don't care. Look at this stage. I'm telling you, you could, you could do surgery right here. Because there's a type A wonderland behind the piano. I wouldn't hire him if it wasn't. I'm offended. Offended over what? You were corrected? Your boss used to do it all the time. Although they didn't paint the walls the colors that I want. I had that happen. I've had people leave the church over parade floats, over paint, over flooring. You don't like to be corrected for imperfection? Then be perfect. That's not possible. Bull crap. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, be perfect, therefore, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. You're welcome. You can do things right. Offense or relationships, don't let it happen to you. Men, if your wife's, I see this all the time. Wives want their husbands to be saved. They bring them here. I scream at them. They get saved. And they don't like that they lost control of their house. So they pull them to the ark church in Port Charlotte. There's three of them down there. All the refugees are down there. I should have a border wall down there and just let them fly in, just like Biden's doing. All the refugees migrating illegally from Foundation Church. For what? It's like, it's like the woman who brought her boyfriend to me. They were sleeping together. She brings him to me to be saved. So I already knew the guy. So I took him out to lunch in Chili's, my go-to place in Venice. I told him he needs to stop, stop sleeping with his girlfriend. She's now mad at me. What Bible do you read? And where did she go? Our church in Venice. She's fine now. She's there with all the kids she's had out of, out of wedlock. Nobody says a word. They all got their, you know, cross equals love shirts on on Easter Sunday morning. <laughs> a bunch of clapping seals. <laughs> just, do what he, just do what the ark church tells you. Here's our doctrine. Oh, that's page four. Put on your cross equals love shirt. Of course, that our church was closed for nine months. Straight. You know what we were doing? Open the whole time. And some of the real Christians from that our church migrated back across the border here. The smart ones. All right, back to the Bible. We're still, what church are we in right now? Thyatira. Here we go. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed. And though, oh, Jesus? Jesus wouldn't do that. It's not our fight. All the Christian, all the lukewarm pastors at COVID time, it's not our fight. It's not our time. 
They don't read the Bible. They don't know who it is they worship. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill off her children with death. This is Jesus Christ. In John chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, he is your judge. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. You sure it's not serious business? You sure that Christianity is not more than you getting married and having kids and being nice? I think it is. I think it's a whole lot more than this. I'm going to tell you something. You stand over a dying man, you're going to want that person healed. Serious business. Serious business. As a cop for 25 years, I'm telling you, that's the problem with cops. They get ruined because they actually see the world as it really is. It's serious business. People are living, people are dying. And the church does nothing. And then when their time of tribulation comes, when they have a loved one gasping for breath, they have no power. They have a loved one riddled with tumors, and they have no power. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that's not sexy enough for most Christians. It's not a Chris Tomlin concert. A lot of us live in the ideology of, that was a great service, great service. What does that mean? You had a great service. Inglewood Hospital is full of people. And we had a great service. I'm torqued because somebody I prayed over died. I don't like it, and I consider it failure. Well, you don't want to say, Why? Jesus said it. How is it that you have no faith? That's not, Christians won't even lay hands on somebody with COVID and see them made well. Jesus was mad at the apostles because they could not calm the wind and the waves. That's from whom much is given, much is demanded. And you think your job is to cart your kids around in a minivan for the rest of your life? That's priority one. It's not. You are a son and a daughter of Yahweh, the living God through Christ. You have way more of a calling than carting your kids around and changing diapers. I'm not saying don't do things in excellence. I'm saying set your affection on what you cannot see. You could fall into being one of these churches. Revelation 3, 1 and 3. The dead church, Sardis, and the angel of the church in Sardis writes, These things, says he, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. That you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. By the way, if you want to know what is the modern church in America, it is Sardis. You have a name that you are alive. Abundant this. but you are dead. Abundant, your name is abundant something and you close your doors? Because a little tiny lawn dwarf tells you to close your church, you just close it? A man who talks like this, Anthony Fauci. And you close your church? He's a Lord of the Rings character and not a dominant one at that. He's not even a main character. He's like one of those little men you find in a cave. And the whole church closes? Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. There are, listen, there is hope for these churches. But they have to hardcore repent. The pastor has to get up publicly and say, I was wrong. And man, if he did that, he turned from his non-biblical ways before COVID, because that pastor is called. 
He's either called or he's not, but say that he is called. God will fill his quiver full of arrows. He will. Strengthen the things which remain that, that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. There's that perfect again. Tommy, you can't be perfect. Yes, you can. Here's the thing. God makes it up for you. What I mean by that is you don't go, well, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to stumble. That's the lie. It's if you stumble, he'll make it up for you. Not you don't just acquiesce to, I'm going to stumble. You know, nobody's perfect. That's not true. Right now, how many people are saved in here? Shout amen. Amen. You're perfect in the eyes of God. Only you can screw it up. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I have come upon you. This is the modern progressive church. It's not lukewarm. It's nearly dead. It's nearly dead. Speaking of lukewarm, Revelation 3.15 and 16, most of us know these verses. The church at Laodicea, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Sorry, Calvinists, you're wrong again. If the Bible disproves your theology, you need to repent of your theology. I don't care if it's your heritage. Oh, you know, Mom, we had this giant Bible in the house, and we were all part of something, something Baptist church. That's just our heritage, and we believe once saved, always saved. That's a lie. It's not remotely true. How can you have a great falling away named in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 5, the entire book of Revelation? How can you have a great falling away and not be able to lose your salvation? How does that make sense? That, that makes sense to people who believe Joe Biden got 81 million votes. That makes sense to people who believe that there's 550,000 people who have died of COVID and we have the exact same death count in 2020 as 19. That makes sense to those people. And by the way, they all follow it. They do, they all follow it. Most Christians... Their Pied Piper is the Democratic Party. They're afraid to offend the Democratic Party. They do exactly what the Democratic Party tells them to do. You're not allowed to say this. You're not allowed to say that. You have to come up and say, I am white. I am racist. They all do it. You have a wrongful church, a wrongful police killing, and then the pastors all have to have a week-long celebration of the fact that every white person in their church is a racist? Every white person is not a racist. Every black person is not a racist. Who cares what pigment your skin is anyway? Who cares? I've told you my philosophy before on dating when I was single. A lot of people are new, so this will be new for you. When I, was date, when I was single and ready to mingle, <laughs> 280 pounds, single and ready to mingle. <laughs> Wasn't much of a package to look at. I dropped some pounds, so, but anyway. I cared about two things, and I don't know what order. Again, hot and Jesus. I don't know which one was first, to be honest. She had to be hot, and she had to love Jesus. I didn't care what color Skinner was, skin she had. I don't care what country she came from. I don't even care if she spoke English. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I sat back there in the back of the church. I was the head usher. And I scoped out every single woman that walked in the church. Well, hello. <laughs> Can I help you to your seat? <laughs> My blue jacket. Hope instantly fell in love with me. Instantly. The moment she saw me, instantly in love. <laughs> She's back there right now. <laughs> it was a lustful attraction, but, you know. Very carnal on her part, but, you know. I held it together. 
<laughs> but I'm telling you, most Christians are scared of people. The fear of man bringeth the snare. Proverbs 29, 25. Tom, do things always have to be this serious? Yes. I'll laugh about the serious things, but they're serious. Christianity is not about getting married and having kids and winning a nice contest. I didn't say don't be nice. Love is not rude. You don't ever have to be rude to anybody. You don't have to be arrogant or condescending to anybody ever. And I'm telling you not to do those things. But will you speak the truth and will you stand up? Seven minutes to go. Everybody with me? It's not a nice contest. Let's prove that fact. Now, a lot of you, you need to watch. We're only, we've got six minutes to go now. You need to watch the second service because we're going to get into vaccine passports in depth. I don't have time to get to them now. So we're going to get to them in depth. Watch both services. Sometimes, I'm not saying when you get home today, dedicate your whole day to watching me preach. I'm just saying throughout the week, listen to it. Because you need to take these times very seriously that we're living in. It is not a nice contest. You better learn to stand up for your faith. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 20, talking about the relationship of John the Baptist and Herod. Who was Herod? Herod was who was in charge, but you had Rome over Israel over Jerusalem, but the under leadership was Herod, the Jewish sort of monarch. For Herod himself had sent guards, this is for uh, John chapter 6, starting in verse 17, and had John arrested and shackled in prison because of Herodias. Kind of gets confusing. Herodias and Herod. Herodias is the woman that I was speaking to you about that hates me all the time. The wife of his half-brother Philip, because Herod had married her. For John, why was John arrested? For John had been saying to Herod, it is unlawful under Mosaic law for you to have your brother's wife. Is that nice? In the church today, Herodias would be leading a Bethmore Bible study. Herod himself would be put on a growth track. <laughs> Herodias had a grudge against John, verse 19, and wanted to kill him, but she could not. Verse 20, because Herod feared John. Where's that today? I'm not afraid of the church. And I preached this last week or the week before, I can't remember which. There's nobody afraid of the church today. They demand that you close and you do. Not here. Not ever. No matter what. Period. You can haul me off if they can catch me. Because Herod feared God. So his wife wants him dead. That's just like that woman in this church I've told you about. Men will go to hell for lust. Women will go to hell for whatever reason that it is. I don't know. I don't know how the female mind works. I know it's equal with the, with the minds of men. I get it. But I don't know how it works. But I've seen this dynamic in and out of the church for many, many years. The man fears God, and the woman talks him out of it. I'll never get that. You bring him to me to get him saved. I scream at him, tell him to repent, and he does, and you talk him out of it. I've seen women do this, bring their parents in here, get saved, and talk them out of it. Do men do it? No, men just die and go to hell. Men are the Republicans, women are the Democrats. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they're two, two heads of the same snake. You think Republicans are righteous? Republicans are the ones selling you down the river right now. Republicans, which one will you choose, evil or cowardice? Because both go to hell. Read Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Cowards or evil? Evil is cowardice. Cowardice is evil. Because Herod feared John. 
She wouldn't, he would not allow his wife to kill John because he was afraid of him. So what happened? This is not even part of the message. Herodias' daughter, she manipulated her daughter to ask for John the Baptist's head. But we won't do that this morning. Because Herod feared God, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he continually kept him safe. When he heard John speak, he was perplexed, but he enjoyed listening to him. So what John said to Herod, you're off. Look at all the trouble he caused. Caused his own death. You sure it's a nice contest? Are you sure? 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 17. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, then Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? I told you before, when I met with the cops out in front of this church, I met with them because I was trespassing a lunatic off of our grounds. They were like, I said, hey, how you doing? My name's Tom, and I didn't even get my last name out. We know you. We know who you are. Like, I never met this cop before. I know, I know a lot of Charlotte County guys because I grew up with them, but I didn't know this guy. I know who you are. He was super nice, did a great job. Oh, troubler of Israel, Galatians chapter 5, verse 12. As for those agitators, this Paul talking, I wish they would go all the way and emasculate themselves. Cut off their testicles. Sure, it's a nice contest. That's Paul, by the way, the one who won the most souls in the New Testament, advising people to cut off their own testicles. Any of you think it's about juice boxes and fruit roll-ups and minivans? John chapter 1, verse 11, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Just because people don't receive you doesn't mean you're not right. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. John chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. John 2, 15. I love this verse. I use it all the time. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And sound like a nice contest to me. But most Christians, they think, I got to be as nice as I can be. Therefore, we're going to be a community partner. We're going to be a good neighbor. Applebee's closes down. Applebee's is, you know, exists at the same level of righteousness as the church of the living God. So they close down. We're going to show them our love by closing down too. Love is injecting yourself with a gene-altering mRNA drug. That's love. Sure. That's why most Christians are getting vaccinated right now. Tom, are you an anti-vaxxer? Yep. I know everyone else has to placate it. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I am. Period. You're not jamming that thing in my arm. Not with me being conscious. You come up behind me with a baseball bat and knock me unconscious. Finish him with this. Galatians, yeah, worship team, make your way. I'll get that done. Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. So when Peter had come to Antioch, it's Paul talking, I withstood him to his face. It's not a nice contest. Because he was to be blamed. That's not what the YMCA says. The YMCA says everybody's a winner. We don't, we don't, we don't keep score. You're teaching your kid to be a loser. Teach them to be Sweden or Switzerland. They never fight anything. They claim to be neutral. What are they really? Conquered. They're not neutral. There is no such, tra- there is no such thing as neutrality. The closest parallel in Scripture is lukewarm. You pick a side. For the Word of God's quick. It's powerful. It's sharp. It's piercing, dividing, and discerning. Hebrews 4.12. And today I'm leaving out the part of the things that I usually say. I picked other verses, so I wouldn't use the same ones today. I'm leaving out Jesus' part where he said, sons of hell, whitewashed tombs, hypocrites, Satan. He called people all those things. John the Baptist called the Pharisees and the Sadducees 
broods of vipers. It's not a nice contest. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into the lies of the modern church. Last verse of the day. See to it that no one, did you just say that, Tom? Don't be pulled into the lies of the modern church. That's exactly what I said. No more hellfire and brimstone. No more repentance. No more judgment day. No more promises of God that God wants you well and that God wants you prospered and that God wants you to win every time. You don't want to say things like that because they're piercing, they're dividing, and they're discerning. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into the lives of the modern church. Last verse of the day in closing right here. Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive. It's not a nice contest. Through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. There's deceptive and hollow philosophy. We're saving the planet. We're saving people from the new black plague that rarely kills anybody. Those are hollow and deceptive philosophies. Don't let yourself be pulled in. Now you know I'm done. Ready? Here it is. Done. Don't let yourself be pulled in. Understand that this is serious business. And I invite you all, watch the second service because we're going to get into some serious business there too. And you need to see. They won't hear what you heard and you won't hear what they hear unless you watch. Make sure you, hear, make sure you watch it. Stand with me. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.